Hello and welcome to another episode of Cartoon Time Machine. I am Scarlett. I'm Katie. We're your animates and today we are doing a creator spotlight on two very awesome people and up-and-comers in animation, Noelle Stevenson and Molly Ostertag. Um, you may know them uh, from being uh, behind she-Ra and the Princess of Power. Uh, Molly, you may know from her work on Dana Terrace's The Owl House. Uh, you might know Molly from her great deal of comics and graphic novel work as well. And I believe the same with Noelle. Uh, they're both incredibly prolific. Uh, and like I said, are real up-and-comers, uh, not just in the animation space, um, but also just in terms of uh, more representation for uh, women and LGBT people uh, in multiple art fields. Uh, so we figured it would be a good time for us to talk about these two incredible badasses and what they've been up to, what they're going to be doing from now on, and how much they've already changed the landscape of animation. Uh, Katie, I think you're, you're, you're a bigger She-Ra fan than I am, I, I think. Um, but that's, that's kind of Noelle's, that's Noelle's baby, shall we say. Mm -hmm. It's what she's certainly known for. Uh, and of course, She-Ra has some many delightful queer themes um, that we can we can discuss in terms of, of how they've changed that that particular landscape and brought brought that into her work. Yeah, no, that was my one of my first quarantine binges. <laughs> I feel like I finished college. A thesis was in. I was like, what do I do with life now? And I just watched She-Ra <laughs> like in a week. Well, you're an incredible binger. You you binge incredibly quickly. It's truly a talent, but also a little concerning. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, it's a little little bit frightening. Just um, a little bit. Yeah, as long as it makes you happy. Uh, this is a good time any to also to clarify pronouns. Uh, Noel is by gender and goes by all pronouns or uh, he, she, they. Um, so we'll try to use those interchangeably. Uh, whereas Molly, as far as we know, goes by she, her, hers pronouns, so we'll be referring to her as such. Mm -hmm. right. And and if I didn't make that clear enough before, which I feel like I didn't, they are a couple, and it's great. They're an incredible couple. Very strong gay couple. I, I love that we've sort of, I feel like we've reached, like, a golden age of couples in animation because between Molly and Noelle and Alex and Dana on the Owl House, uh, I just, I love the idea of these couples working together to make a work of, of animated glory. And Rebecca Sugar and their husband also oh, very yeah. strong in animation. Yes. Oh, God, I always forget his name. I'm also blanking on his name, but he's also in animation. He's not a writer, but he's worked on a lot of stuff. No, I think he has a few shows of his own. You you vamp about... about I'm going to vamp. So my, unfortunately, my first introduction to Noel was not through either shows Noel worked on or comics. It was definitely Critical Role. It's that, can... uh, Rebecca Sugar's husband is Ian Jones-Courtney, by the way. I remember there that he, he made, he made uh, quite a few series for Cartoon Network. He's also a very prolific uh, yeah. animator. Um, but anyway, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I did see that Noelle was on Critical Role. What, what, what was their role there? Uh, Noelle was a guest about mid to three quarters of the way in campaign one. Um, and, you know, spoilers for Critical Role, like guest for once, but like played a werebear. That's all I give you. And it was a short, sweet little cameo. Um, also played an incredible character in Honey Heist, which is a game 
we have played. Yes, it has. Yeah. That I, the idea of Noelle's a werebear, I feel like is very it, that makes a lot of sense for them, given what I know about She-Ra and the number of hybrid characters or otherworldly type characters. I feel like a werebear. I, I can I can see why they would identify with that. Honey heist, great little one shot. Great time with Noelle, who's really driving that one. I imagine she has, yeah. she has some pretty strong comic chops, so. Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's where I got introduced. I haven't read any of their comics. So I haven't either. I know yeah. Lumberjanes is very well-received. Uh, Nimona, Nimona? Is that how you would say that? Uh, yeah, yeah, Nimona, we'll I think. Nimona. Uh, yeah. Also very well-perceived was going to get a TV show or movie and... Someone pulled the plug on it, I remember. Mm, I'm sure. Um, oh, was that the thing that was going on with Blue Sky, maybe? I, I forget. I think, the, I think the group that had it may have gone bankrupt also. That might have been it. That makes sense. Canceled film. 20th Century Animation. Yeah, that was what was it was going on, I think, partially at Blue Sky. Blue and Sky. Canceled. Um, whoops. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I, I think it, I mean, it's interesting to note that both of these artists got their start with web comics. Uh, some mm -hmm. of them when they were very young. I think both of their both of their web comics started when they were in late high school or early college. Uh, I think that's interesting. You know, we're we're kind of getting into an age where that is how a lot of uh, comic artists and uh, creators and animation people are finding their finding their place. Uh, I know that there's a lot of people in the industry now who are looking at web comic creators when they're trying to source new new talent for their animation. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're a webcomic creator, you know, don't, don't give up. Don't, you know, think that you're not, you're not doing it for, for anyone because it's very likely that yeah, people will see your webcomic and make you a star like Noelle and Molly um, or not. And it's just fun for you, which is also good. Um, but, you know, it's, it's the, the, the internet space, I think is, is, you know, it's terrible in a lot of ways. Don't get me wrong, but I think it's wonderful in that it's allowing people uh, to to share and get better and create their own works that are un uh, unfettered by editorial control. You can really have your own creative freedom, um, and it's wonderful that I think in in the the works that both Noel and Molly get involved with. That's very apparent is that they're making projects for themselves that they would have wanted to see when they were kids. And we're lucky that you know obviously things are still not perfect. There's a lot lot more steps we need to take in terms of representation. Um, but things on She-Ra and the Owl House uh, are definitely stepping into the queer space in a way that never would have happened even 10 years ago. Um, and, you know, in some ways we can, you know, thank Rebecca Sugar and Steven Universe and uh, Adventure Time for, for paving the way for that. But I'd be, you know, I, I think from what I've seen from, from She-Ra, it is just as queer as Steven Universe. It is an incredibly queer show. I'm debating saying it's more even more outwardly queer some of because some of steven universe at first is more implicit hmm. she from the beginning just feels pretty dang explicit well i think i think part of the difference is that it feels gay from the beginning whereas steven universe definitely had to build to it yeah. um and a lot of that was with studio intervention uh the fact that it took till the final season to have their their big gay wedding um i think you know shows exactly how far they had to come 
Uh, and part of that also was just streaming. The fact that she is on Netflix, I think, made it so that they had to worry less about the censors and think of the children, where Steven Universe being a, a cable show had to worry about that. Um, can't name a yeah, straight first, character on that show. On, on She-Ra? I don't, off the top of my head, I can, cannot name a straight character. I mean, I, it's just every, everyone has everyone has big queer energy. Like the, the show itself is big queer mm -hmm. energy. Um, oh yeah. Which is, and it's wonderful to know that it's resonating with, you know, audiences that are, that are not queer. Um, so we, you know, get more potential allies among children, uh, but more importantly that it's resonating with kids who, you know, 10, 20 years ago would never have seen any of that kind of representation and would be feeling, you know, kind of alone in that space and like no one understands. I can imagine being, you know, a, a young kid watching She-Ra and saying, oh, there's people like me out there. How wonderful is that? And I don't have mm -hmm. to hide this part of my personality because this whole show is my personality. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. 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 I love Kat. I'm just, I'm just going to come out here and say it. I, I freaking love Catra. <laughs> there's there's no greater definition of a disaster lesbian absolutely not there's some icons in in that show we'll see if we do a deep dive one day we have some friends who are very much big fans of that show i'll i i still have to finish last season so i i'm no oh, the last season's I'm, a good time I know, I know, I'm I'm bad, <laughs> but again, from from what I've seen, it's just a, it, it's just a great show. I highly recommend. Um, if you if you have not seen it yet and you are interested in seeing big queer media, um, so yeah, that that sort of you know obviously Molly played a big role in that, um, but that's more sort of Noelle's uh, territory. Um, Molly, meanwhile, has been making waves over on the Owl House, uh, which is one of my personal faves. Uh, Katie, you still haven't seen it, right? No. It is that on my list for as soon as I have time. You will, you will, you will see it eventually, and with your binging style, you'll finish it in a week and a half. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's a, it's another great queer show. Not being on Disney, it is not nearly as explicitly queer as uh, Shira. Um, it's it's de there's definitely some seriously queer coded characters, um, and the aesthetic feels just similarly big gay energy. I gotta say, uh, in a in a in a different way, it's not quite as in the colors and the you know, traditional sort of pride aesthetic. Um, but it's it's got kind of a goth lesbian vibe to it, uh, which I love <laughs> and I love for it. Uh, and as you might've seen in the headlines, um, it does feature Disney's first uh, queer protagonist in the main character of Luce um, and her relationship with another character uh, who is delightful. And they have a, uh, in the first season, uh, an episode that Molly co-wrote um, they have uh, a romantic prom together, uh, and more recently, it's become canonized in other ways. Um, they're, these two characters are definitely, if we can't say they're in a relationship yet, they are certainly uh, on a path uh, with that relationship. It's gotten to the point where every time I watch an episode of Owl House, a new episode, and I see Molly's name in the writing credits or the story credits, I'm just like, okay, so this one's going to be gay. And I, and I love <laughs> I love that for her. I love that, like, she is the harbinger of gay. Uh, that, 
That's a great title. That's what I want. I want the title of Harbinger of Gay. Harbinger of Gay. It's also a good band name. I'm just, just going to put that out there. No one steal our band name. We're going to have a punk girl band name, and it's going to be Harbinger of Gay. And I'll play the tambourine because <laughs> I can't I can't do anything. You know what? Tambourine's too hard. I'll play the triangle. I was going to say, I know I've played tambourine. You could mostly play a tambourine. There are certain things I know you can't do on a tambourine. There's certain things I know I can't do with a triangle, you know? I mean, it, you, Katie's a percussionist. I'm, I am nothing. I am a I nothing. I did get taught once how to do, do a better triangle roll. One of the hardest things for people to get was a thumb roll on a tambourine. Shockingly hard. I don't hard. know what that means. <laughs> but I, I just want to do, like, the thing where, like, I, like, tap it against my hands and I tap it against my hip and I go back and forth and I, I look very cool while doing it. Can I do that? Step one to doing that. Have rhythm. I thought you were going to say have hips. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to stoop that low. We've gone fully off topic. Yeah, we have gone completely off the rails. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to you wanted to add? I know our creator spotlights are, are ordinarily shorter episodes, um, but we just wanted to take the time to call them out for their amazing work, and we hope that they'll they'll do more great stuff in the future. Uh, I haven't seen actually anything uh, about what they'll what they'll be working on in the future. I saw that uh, one of uh, Molly's and. Uh, graphic novels uh, Witch Boy has been optioned for a series uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing that I think it's going to be on Netflix um, which would be which would be lovely if if that ends up working out um, oh inside joke here guess where Molly went to went to college where what Bard she went to Bard she went to Bard <laughs> For for those of you who don't know, I, I once played a, a character in D&D who was a bard and was educated at Bard College in New York, and it brought me a great deal of glee, so now I bring it up whenever I can. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, last time we did a creator spot, like, we, we gave someone who's had probably more of a footing in, fully in animation, in television, these two are definitely up and coming. I mean, past their, both of them are in, have one main show they've worked on. Um, otherwise, Molly has done Star vs. the Forces of Evil. She was in the art department. Uh, she also wrote yeah. for Thundercats Roar. IMDb isn't listing anything currently that she's working on. It could be she's working on stuff related to her comics also, which wouldn't show up here. Yeah, both, both of them are, are very involved um, in their... Uh... In their graphic novels and their web comics, uh, which unfortunately is a sphere that neither of us knows so much about, um, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean it's uh, it's not important and shouldn't be recognized. Um, but again, hope that they they get more of a more of a, a footing in animation because on their first projects they've both really knocked out of the park. Um, I hope Molly sticks around at Disney personally. Um, I know, and maybe yeah. brings Noelle over. Noelle um, has worked at Disney previously. Noel worked oh. on the Big Hero 6 series. She wrote for that oh. for a little bit. Wrote a little bit for DuckTales. Wrote a little bit for the Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure. And she wrote for Wander Over Yonder. Yes, okay. Um, so so, so, so Noel has yeah. written there. Like, they've done stuff with Disney, so. Well, okay, that's, that, that, that is good. That is good to know. Because I, I, would, I would personally be very happy uh, if if they went over to Disney and used their talents there, 
uh, just because I think, you know, Disney is a company that is, it, I, I do genuinely think they are, they are trying to have more representation. Um, they've not been as successful as other companies. They're certainly well behind uh, the other ones. Um, but with things like Owl House, I think that they are, are making something of a commitment to, you know, slowly but surely opening themselves up to more queer voices. Um, and I think that it would be a great way to give them sort of a wider scope into a more mainstream audience. Uh, I fear that, you know, a lot of the animated shows on Netflix kind of get lost in the shuffle of all the brand new things that Netflix does. Um, and I don't know how much marketing uh, time they have compared to an entity like Disney. Um, but, you know, assuming that they, you know, are able to not get shuttled aside, I'm I'm still angry that there's very little Owl House merchandise I could buy because I want I want everything Owl House. Um, <laughs> but it, if if Noelle and Molly, you know, keep keep at it, regardless of what company, uh, like you said, I, I really do think that they're gonna they're gonna be big names very soon. Um, if they're if they're not already, I mean, I know that in certainly in queer spaces and in animation, they are big names. This is a poll from last week where we talked about. Uh, how queer readings of movies are always allowed. Yes. Um, Molly, uh, back in June, published a uh, article in Polygon about the title is "Queer Readings of the Lord of the Rings Are Not Accidents." I mean, like breadcrumbs to Lord find ourselves Rings in history is, and fiction. Yay! Lord of the Rings is super gay, and like, yeah, I know the guy who wrote it is like kind of a problematic conservative Christian dude, but like, come on, is gay. Exactly. So apparently, so we found a article you need to read because this is sounds just very much up your alley. I I'm going. You send it to me once we're done. Um. Oh yeah, as I see now. Yeah, shipped uh, Frodo and Sam. Like 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 I had to you know look it up to see if it was Frodo and did Sam. Like they're they are adorable. I that that that's why Two Towers is my favorite Lord of the Rings because it's like ninety percent you know two two gays you know trying to share one brain cell. Is it bad that I've still only seen the second Lord of the Rings movie? I mean, it's not the worst because you've seen my favorite, but I, I, yeah, I think there's people who would, you know, tar and feather you for and having the second seen Hobbit movie. Second Lord of the Rings. Hmm? And only the second Hobbit movie. Well, you got me beat because I haven't seen any of the Hobbit movies. It's funny. Thank I haven't know. read any Lord of the Rings books, but I've seen all the Lord of the Rings movies and I've read the Hobbit, but I haven't seen any of the Hobbit movies. Our show is not about live action things, so. Whoopsies. It is not. So we will stop talking about it. Although there is a, uh, we, we could one day watch uh, the Ralph Bakshi uh, Lord of the Rings and talk about that, which is animated. The Shadow of and Mordor that, count and as an animated thing because it's a video game? I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, it wouldn't count for me because I don't like video games, but it'll count for you. It's a good video game. I buy that. <laughs> we are once again on off topic. Uh, Kay, do you have any final thoughts on Noel or Molly, any anything you'd like to leave us on? I want, I want to know what they're doing next. I'm intrigued. I like their works. Also, come back to Critical Role when they have guests again. Well, you'll have to let me know if they're ever on again, and I'll I, I, maybe I want to listen on that Honey Heist thing because I in interviews Noel is very is very fun. Um, and I mean, speaking of which, I suppose we could briefly touch on the controversy from from last year. Um, I, I think, you know, it's fair to say, I think some of it was internet bandwagon. Um, I, I don't think they deserve nearly the hate they got. Um, there was, there were definitely calls to cancel them uh, over uh, what was, I, I think just kind of a, 
a, a bad interpretation of something that uh, she said during a panel, um, which was interpreted by many as, as being racist, um, you know, and, and I, I think that interpretation is valid. Um, she apologized a million times. It w was, like I said, kind of a misinterpretation. Um, they were, uh, as I recall, correct me if I'm wrong, Katie, they were uh, discussing different cousins of a character, uh, the character Bo on uh, She-Ra. Yeah. They were naming siblings of Bo because they all have names that rhyme and are related to what they do. Yeah. So they um, end up one name and one profession were picked poorly. Also, the important thing, if you haven't seen Jira, is Bo is a person of color. God, I can speak English. Specifically, I can't remember off the top of my head, biracial or black. Yeah, I, th I think certainly, certainly coded as black. I think it would be be fair for most audiences to interpret him that way. Um, so right, so it it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't perhaps the best look when one of the one of the the siblings um, uh, with the with the same with the same naming scheme uh, was a farmer named So. Uh, given the complicated and tragic history of black people in the United States and being on farms as forced labor. <laughs> Um, you know, definitely, I, I don't, obviously, I don't, I think intent matters. I, I really do. And I think that it, it definitely wasn't their intention to, to make a racist comment in, in context. Uh, and I appreciate that Noelle and, and uh, her team very, very immediately apologized that their words had been misconstrued in that way. And they, plus they, you know, they didn't mean to, you know, make it come off that way. Um, obviously, you know, we should all still, you know, wa watch what we say and make sure that we're not saying anything that can be interpreted as, you know, harmful to any particular group. You know, words have power and they can have a serious impact on people who hear them, especially marginalized groups. Um, being said, again, words have power and uh, Noelle apparently got some serious death threats and other not nice things on Twitter. Uh, which are not good for people, especially Noelle's been very open about her uh, her mental health struggles over the years. So it's be be, be kind on the internet, guys. There's another person behind there who, I, you know, some sometimes you know it, it's helpful to tell them when they've they've made a mistake and to educate. Um, but there's a right and a wrong way to do that. Um, so I uh, I think it was, you know we want, didn't want to leave this without at least mentioning the the, the controversy. Uh, as it's you know relevant to the discourse around them um but you know in in the grander scheme of things i think you know noelle has shrubs uh, strived strove she's strived very hard uh to add a lot of diversity into their work um yeah, she has a has a very well animated has a diverse cast in yes not only queer spaces but a lot of the characters are coded um as people of color so and and for a reboot i find that also very significant because you always mm -hmm. face backlash when you when you change the race of a previously white character um into a non-white character um but that's something we want to see especially with all these shows from the 80s being rebooted they were typically either entirely white or you had supporting characters who were people of color in some pretty nasty stereotypes um, and there are, there are no, as far as I know, um, uh, bad stereotyping in, in She-Ra or any of Molly or Noelle's other works. I think they're very, they're very careful about adding diversity in a space that frankly could always use more. Um, so 
again, not to say that people's, you know, critiques of Noel's words and that comment was invalid. I think, you know, everyone's feelings are valid in that space. Um, but, you know, it's definitely a fair I, critique. And then, but with the history of Noel and the apology, it seems as though Noel's headspace is in the correct place for their work. And like, you know, can we accept people's apologies, by the way? Like, I know it's like a little off, it's a little off topic, but like when someone apologizes for, you know, you know, saying something that was perhaps, you know, not as uh, well, uh, perhaps, you know, not, not said with as, as much research and understanding, maybe it was, you know, not someone was not thinking and not considering the consequences of their speech. But then when they apologize, can we like accept the apology and move on and not, you know, because otherwise, why would anyone ever apologize? Like, it's it's a good thing when someone acknowledges their privilege, when someone acknowledges that they have messed up. Like, let's 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 celebrate that when someone is willing to come out to a whole space like Twitter and say, "Guys, I messed up and I am sorry." Like, that should be the end of it. Why is that never the end of it? I hate Twitter so much. Ah, <laughs> uh, we've reached the Scarlet Rants hour of the podcast. Yeah, which is this is how we know we should actually finish up. I know we've had multiple false starts on the <laughs> uh, the finishing up, so I'm just gonna bundle myself back into the cartoon time machine so I I don't keep. I, so I can get off my soapbox, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be it for today. Uh, please, if you haven't already, uh, check out Noelle and Molly's works uh, on She-Ra, on Netflix, Owl House is on Disney. Uh, Disney Plus has, I think, now, I think as of like today or this week, um, it has all of season one of Owl House and the first half, uh, first few episodes, I should say, of season two. Um, so you should go check those out. And if you would like to support their web comics, uh, Lumberjanes, from what I've heard, is very good. Um, which I might, I might have to take a look at because I'm not really a web comics person, but I hear it's great. Uh, so that'll be all for today. Uh, once again, I am Scarlet. Don Katie. We're your animates, and we will see you next time.